Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me Ashley and me Chris in the same room again second in week on the trot for listeners room. although it's not for us it's a few hours later yeah and we just had a big Christmas dinner and I've eaten a panettone with ice cream and I feel very very full now I forgot to do this last time oh well done so we're a week late uh, in podcast terms yeah but we need a hat to wear I've got a hat yeah but let's pretend that you don't have that oh I mean I don't I don't have a hat. Pop it down. All right. We've got crackers. Hey! Because it's Christmas. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you want to do them once, one at a time or both at the same time? Let's do both. I bet you'll get both of them. You break people's ears with the crack. Ready? Hey! I got both of them. Woo! Exciting Good. Well, you get to wear both hats then. No. Huh. That's not okay. fair. Should we tell the joke? Um, yeah, if you like. They're not copyrighted, are they? Uh, I was just going to say you don't need to wear the hat. I'm going to say pop your hat on, and you can pretend to pop your hat on and everything. Yeah, well. We've got to tell a joke. Are they, are they not copyrighted or anything, are they? I, don't, I think jokes are in the public domain. I don't know that that's true. I think quite often comedians get sued by each other. Uh, and they sell their own jokes. Uh, yeah, you make a fair point. But the, what these, these... These are bad jokes. Yeah, well, that's tradition, isn't it? What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? That's a very, very niche scenario. Yeah. A bunch of chess players bragging about their hobby in a, in a hotel lobby. Yeah. Uh, ho- ho- no. So I'm going to pronounce this differently to how it wants me to, I think. No. Uh, chestnuts boasting in oh. an open foyer. Or foyer. I guess it's trying to get me to say. Or foy. foy. As one of my secondary teachers used to say. Really? That's a really good joke, actually. It's bad. Oh, I really like it. It's bad, but good. Which of Santa's reindeer has bad manners? Vixen, probably. I don't know. Rudolph. Quality. Rudolph. Okay. Pop the hat on. Yep. I'm going to go for red ones with my favourite colour. Okay. And this will go out on the... I don't know. We'll know because it'll be out. 18th of December. 18th, right, okay. Still a week away. So it's Christmas, which means that instead of a spiel about the game, you get to have presents that are related to the game. You are not going to guess, I don't think, what we are doing based on what you're getting. Ooh. I've had to go really out of the ballpark. Right. Having said that, I have bought you this solely for your own enjoyment, okay. nothing to do with the game. Is it a bar of soap? Have a look. Heavy. Not a bar of soap. This one's got nothing to do with Hannah wrapped it for me, so um, it'll be oh, there we go. Well wrapped, (laughs) open in the presents, making good podcast content. It is a pack of playing cards, pack of playing cards. Cool, (laughs) that's 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 a present. It's a million games in one. It is a million games in one, million games in one. I have got for you. I have got a pack of playing cards. Okay, well, two. Oh, you got two now. The pack of playing cards I got was from a wedding I went to, the a Las Vegas ones, and they've got the Las Vegas sign on the back, and they're the only playing cards we've got, and I hate them. So okay. now I've got proper playing oh, cards. Better, so yeah. that's, that's a, a perfect. Are they Waddingtons? What are they? Waddingtons yeah. of London. So they're classics. That's good. Um, and what can I play with these? You can play a bit of solitaire. Yeah, I can. If you class it as playing. Yes. So yes, I do. That yeah. my Christmas day playing solitaire. Thank okay, you. That that's just that's just for you. That's got nothing to do with today's game. Okay, what, why is you my pack of cards? Because solitaire. Because you love solitaire. Okay. Yeah, I wanted I wanted Fish. to have what you wanted. Cute. Well, that is that's right. A good start. So this one's more related. Okay. 
Looks like a book. I don't know what you're going to think of this. I think it's based right. So it's based on I think I was having a conversation about something, and so I don't know. It is a Doodle Mania, a coloring book from Ziff Films. What's Ziff Films? Ziff Flins. It's not. I'm Ziff Flins. Ziff. It's a coloring book. Yeah. Yeah. Like a doodle based yeah. coloring book. That's cool. So for anyone that hasn't hasn't cottoned on, you know, like there's quite famous internet people now that do big bold black and white doodling i wasn't aware of that oh well there is there's one who's something like a 12 year old boy from cardiff or something and he has made a name for himself doing uh doodling on the internet and i think they call him doodle boy this isn't doodle boy but it's like lots of quite intricate doodles that you can color in in very cool ways very pretty pictures good i'm glad yeah they're very stylized yeah very specific in style and that's because the way they relate to the thing that we're going to be talking about there's an element of stylization to do whatever it is but i'm not gonna that's a picture it's like a, a sturgeon with a city on its back it's called bar- barbels yeah ca- koi carp have barbels yeah any guesses so the game we're playing today has a certain style to it um it has associated elements that are very stylized and they're in that kind of style sometimes I mean, no. No? Okay. All right, cool. Right, well, this one is a a present in two parts. And I believe, so the top one, I want you to look at the top bit first. Okay. And then after you've had a guess based on the top bit, you can look at the bottom bit. Because the bottom bit's the most obvious. Okay. But it might not be that obvious either. So one present. Okay. Police Academy, the complete collection. Yeah. I've only ever seen one police a couple. Oh, well, there you go. So, did you enjoy it? <laughs> it was all right. I hope you enjoyed it because I was um and about it. It's a long time ago. This is the most enjoyable way I could see as an end to this game. Okay. <laughs> For you. And. So, hang on. Guess this. Guess this. Oh. Any guesses? Um, Sorry to snap. Stylized game about the police? No. 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 Okay. Next and one. And this is called Mid 90s. Have you watched it? Oh, written directed by Joe. This is the one about him skating. Yeah, I've heard about this. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, because is it is it a um? It's on one of the streaming services that I don't have. I is think it I right? Okay. Well, so. it's a very good film. It's supposed to be very good. It's like a coming of age film. Yeah, mid nineties. If you didn't catch it, a uh, coming of age film about a boy who uh, makes friends with a bunch of skater dudes. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So I've got Police Academy. I've got mid nineties. I've got stylized drawings. Yeah. No? I don't know. No, out, like just guesses. Okay. What if I tell you then that a certain someone in Police Academy 4 uh, was played by one Tony Hawk? I've just seen David Spade on the back, which is a nice, a nice throwback to which yeah. in, in, Well, there were a couple the, actually. The Spyro, if you or Inspire a few weeks ago. Absolutely. So Police Academy 4, Tony Hawk. Played a skateboarder oh, in uh, yeah. I was okay. hope I was hoping that <laughs> that might kind of um, okay. Is it Tony Hawk game? It's a Tony Hawk game. Good guess. <laughs> yeah. So this is the reaction. We're going to be playing Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. Okay. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Police Academy for any again. If I wasn't clear, Police Academy Four stars Tony as a skateboarder okay. in it, which is why I got you that. Right. Um, the doodles are relating to graffiti art that Thank would be asked. related to the culture of skateboarding. I was wondering where that came in. Yeah. And, and Mid-90s is a skateboarding film. film. 
And then a pack of cards. Which is also supposed to be, well, is very good. I've watched it. It's good. Um, so, yeah, that was... So, I text you in the middle of this uh, this week saying, yeah. I have no idea how to get you presents that you will like that are relating to this game. Yeah, because you couldn't buy a skateboard, could you? That was my idea. Oh, no. <laughs> I was this close. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't buy me a skateboard. I was so close to getting you a skateboard. I'd have been... I'd have felt very much like... Have you seen that Steve Buscemi um, gift? The one where he's pretending to be a, yeah. a fellow teenager, hey, hey, fellow, fellow kids. kids. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would have felt like. Yeah, I can imagine that you would, and uh, I wouldn't have blamed you. But um, I didn't want to get you things. I thought about tech decks, you know, those oh, skateboards that you do with your fingers. Yeah, yeah. I That'd thought about cool. those. Um, but I just was very wary about getting you things that you wouldn't actually use or didn't want. So I you think my this fussiness. was the best route in. That's no, not your fussiness. It's fine. So part of your present, um, there were four presents there. Yep. I suppose you got a fifth because uh, part of your present is this year to be able to lament about a game that I've brought. So, the gift of grumpiness. Yeah, that's, that's very considerate. Yeah. You? So you are going to you can fill your boots. Tell me as much as you like how much you hate Tony Hawk's. All right. Presumably, though, having never played Tony Hawk's three. Yeah, probably. Was that one of the PlayStation 1s, or was it a... It was a PlayStation 2. I mean, it was available on multiple different um, consoles, but I played it on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, no, I I played ones on PS1. Um, I, I'd really got into my head that we were going to be playing Guitar Hero. Oh, really? Because you messaged about what music I liked in the when I was a, a teenager. So I, I kind of thought, oh, yes, guitar So again... I was looking for a route in, and I was thinking, well, if he listened to certain sounds that might be tangentially related to Tony Hawk's, part of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, part of the sales package there is the soundtracks. It's as well known for its soundtracks as it is for its gameplay. So I was thinking I could get you something special or nice related to a band that you liked that was also related. Didn't work out because you told me that you listened to the top 40. Which is fine. Again, it's fine. Completely fine. Everything's fine. Um, you've you've noted that David Spader was on the back of uh, the box, and he was in Tony Hawk. Uh, he was in pro, he was in Police Academy Four. Yeah, with Tony Hawk. Yeah, was this David Spader also... in Tony Hawk Three? No, he wasn't. Oh, but this is obviously an Activision game, and Spyro is also an Activision game. So there's a link there. there we go as well. Um, this wasn't that wasn't on purpose. It was just you know look at the draw. Yeah. Oh, so why Tony Hawk's? Pro Skate 3. Why indeed? Because I got it for Christmas. There we go. Nice and straightforward. But this is that Christmas that I've told you about potentially on the podcast previously, but definitely multiple times over the course of the more than a decade that we've known each other, because it was the catastrophe Christmas where I got a PlayStation 2, and when I opened it, attached it to a computer, uh, attached it to a television, it did not work. So I had a PlayStation 2, all of the accoutrements of the PlayStation 2, Gubbins. including this, including Final Fantasy X and possibly Spider-Man. So we could have done Final Fantasy X. We could have. I thought about it. Um, it'll happen. Okay. Um, Wasn't this the Christmas you ended up sat in your aunt's dining room listening to, was it Goldfinger? Or, <laughs> no, or but Bowling for Soup. It was Bowling for yeah. Soup. Yeah. So my mum got a pair of infrared headphones, wireless headphones, that you had to be in... That's a Christmas present, just the image of that. Yeah, you had to... Good, I'm glad. You had to be in direct uh, line with the headphones. So I had to sit with the infrared receiver. So I had to sit in a particular spot in the dining room, in the living room, 
in on the sofa. And any time anyone passed between me and the uh, stereo, the the sound would go all crackly. It was nice and awful at the same time because yeah. I was sat there being all piney about the fact that I not got anything except this, this CD. So yeah, it's that Christmas. So what happened with the PlayStation then? Why did it not work? Well, this is one of the reasons that I am a little bit dubious when it comes to buying secondhand hardware. I'm happy with the software. I'll buy games all day long. But hardware-wise, I am really quite careful because we bought it secondhand from GameStation and it was wrapped. They they used to heat shrink their secondhand consoles. So yeah, so all of the all of this stuff was bundled in inside this heat wrapped. How strange. And we couldn't get into it. Yeah. And my mum and I, to be honest, because my mum asked for my input when buying this PlayStation because she wanted to make sure that it was what I wanted, which was very kind. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum and I didn't really think we should open the packet until Christmas Day, which was naive and silly. <laughs> because what happened was it was broken, irreparable, and we had to wait until the day after Boxing Day to, to be able to That's go to right. Game Station and have them remedy it. And then what happened in the end is my mum felt my mum was mortified and really upset about the whole thing, and I was trying my best to make it so that she wasn't mortified and yeah. upset on Christmas Day. So I did as little pouting as possible and tried to look like I was kind of enjoying the CD that I'd been bought. That was the only thing that wasn't PlayStation related. I see. And then we took it back, and my mum bought a new PlayStation. They kind of got rewarded, didn't they? Game Station, in so much as. They ended up making a bigger sale than they would have initially mm. had they just sold us a, a working PlayStation 2. They almost had their cake and ate it. And ate it, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my story. That's my Christmas story. It's very it's very sort of Dickensy in the sense that there's a lot of sadness underpinning <laughs> everything there. Um, I want to ask, and here's your opportunity. Yeah. Why don't you like Tony Hawk games? Oh, uh, <sighs> I think it's probably the same reason why I don't like Street Fighter, that there's a level of skill required to be good at them that I just don't have the patience to master, nor the inclination to master. Okay, so if you could get by quite happily mashing some buttons. Yeah, well, we were just watching, before we started recording this, um, we were watching a trailer for Glide the Dragon, which I mentioned a few weeks ago. Um, Don't Google Glide, G-L-Y-E-D, just to point to Make sure you Google Glide the Dragon. And Glide is a a brand of condoms. Oh, there we go. Alongside a game about a, a happy dragon, and it, it says in there about um, the 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 battle is not the, the skill required to it. You don't just butter mash, and that's how I play games that involve fighting, like with Arkham Asylum or um, Lego Star Wars. It's just I butter mash, butter mash. I just don't have the uh, inclination to kind of go away from that, and I think Tony Hawk's requires more skill than I can really, quite frankly, be bothered to use. And the last time we did Tony Hawk's on the podcast a couple of years ago, I remember you getting very frustrated with me. Because, did it? Yes. I don't remember any of it. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do, you said, hold down the triangle and do this. No, no, no. Hold down triangle and do yeah. Well, well, I'll have to listen back to that. Yeah. I can't remember being that angry. I didn't actually get that angry. You, you were quite cross. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was in a bad mood. I don't know. So that's why it's stuck in my craw. Oh, well, I apologise if that's the case. So if I... Uh, what I'm hearing here... So you're telling me that you don't like it because um, it takes a level of skill that you're not interested in building up. And I appreciate that. That's fine. 
I am similar. I, I feel like that about a uh, Soulsborne game. Like, I played Elden Ring this year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was really good. The bit that I liked least was having to master uh, and study and then master the various different minutiae of behaviour that is exhibited by the different bosses. That's another level compared to Tony Hawk's. And to- Tony Hawk's is very arcadey. And so instead of actually hearing what you're saying, what I'm hearing is there is a potential route to you liking Tony Hawk's. Okay. Because I, I listened to what you said. Yeah. I accept what you said. I accept the premise. However, I'm going to tell you that this is not as, as skillful a game as maybe you think it is and that you can rack up quite large points by not really having to think about what your goal is. I will show you a little hack as to how to tackle scoring Okay, Sometimes that will um, maybe change things. But at the same time, I'm not aiming to change things for you. I'm quite happy for you to loathe it and to enjoy loathing it if you need to. I don't loathe it. It's just, it just doesn't do it for me. Okay. That's fine. Um, so this game was released in 2001. Um, Tony Hawk actually retired from skateboarding in 1999. Okay. Um, this was uh, like a, this was a venture that I don't know if he even was pursuing. I think he was pursued by Activision for it. Instead of talking up the game, I'm going to tell you a few bits about the game, but what I wanted to do was contextualise why Tony Hawk in particular um, was chosen for this. There were other candidates, I think, would have been reasonable candidates. For the franchise. Yeah, so it could have been somebody else's pro skater, but Tony Hawk was just as valid an option. Um, The other person that springs to mind, and I've only really learnt this in recent times, but would have been Rodney Mullen, who also appears in the game. But Rodney Mullen is another pro skater. Rodney Mullen and Tony Hawk between them, along with other people, but those two certainly at at the fore of it, uh, completely revolutionised skateboarding as a sport, uh, as a as a venture, as a as a pastime sport. However, you want to talk about it. Uh, Rodney Mullen took the move, the ollie, right. which I'm sure you're familiar yep. with, the one where you flick the back of the board and it goes up in the air a bit higher than if you just yeah yeah. So he took the ollie. Someone else had invented the ollie. He took the ollie and applied it in a different way, so that when you were riding along the the floor. You could flick the board up and do and do a jump in the, in just the, off the ground, and off the back of that, it unlocked all of the like standard tricks that we're familiar with as sca- in skateboarding now. Pardon me. So he was doing that. He was also skating in the same sort of group, friend, the the same circle as Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk was um, taking that and running with it and invented a whole slew of brand new moves. So he invented moves? Yeah, That's cool. a whole, whole slew of them. One of, one of them's called the Saran Wrap, right. which is, for, for us, the cling film. Oh, okay. Yeah, Saran Wrap. Saran Wrap is a type of cling film in America. It's also uh, a move that Tony Hawk invented. He also then took it to new sort of heights, literally new, new heights, and he was the first, or one, yeah, no, he, I think he was the first skater to do a 900 which is a 900-degree spin in the air. Yeah. Just one shy of 1080. That would be 10 spins? Loads of spins. No, just no, loads yeah. of spins? Just, just five. Many, yeah, of course, it's, I should have halved it. Yeah. It's five. It's five spins. So, yeah, that's that's why Tony Hawk is the, is the dad of the game. Yeah, the, yeah, the honcho. Um, 
And I think that's to be celebrated. Yeah. Wasn't it? Brought it to the masses and all that. Well, when this game came out, skateboarding was, you know, it was huge, wasn't it? It it was, but I actually think one of the reasons that it became what it was in those mid uh, early to mid noughties was off the back of Tony Hawk's as a franchise. Yeah, so the, the two really Pro skateboarders. Franchise. I, mean, franchise, yeah. I, I said huge, uh, yeah. Early noughties, two thousand and one. I was fifteen, and you know, used to go into into the big smook with my friends, and and there was a, an area where all the skateboarding kids would hang out, and there was a bit of crossover between a couple of people in my friendship group and a couple of skateboarders they, they were always were very pleasant when we hung, hung out together but uh, it was sort of something i'd very much be on the sidelines both literally and figuratively yeah well that's a shame i think i was uh, sort of in a similar position where i was on the peripheries of a group that might have been interested and invested in skateboarding and alternative culture i wasn't fully immersed now i certainly don't know how to skateboard unfortunately what so i just remembered one of them at one point, the the area where the skateboarders hung out uh, in in the, the near, nearest city, Lincoln, uh, was uh, around the back of what is now Wilco's. And I remember at one point his skateboard there, there was a did it go in the water? A railing, and his skateboard went in the water. He jumped in to get it, and he got a hypodermic needle in his foot. Yep. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, that's bad. I'd forgot about that memory. Hmm. Maybe repressed it. But there you go. The community, the the feel of the community that built that built up around skating, skateboarding. I think it's skating in America, but I feel funny calling it skating because it's it it makes me think of Talk roller skating or ice skating. Yeah. yeah, first and foremost. But um, skateboarding, the culture around it, the community particularly around it, I really like as a, as an idea. I wasn't part of it, but I would have gladly been a part of it because what I think is the case is that it's a very tight knit, supportive community they they're supportive of one another Mm. and they are looking not to undercut one another they're looking to big each other up and they're always they're always sort of pushing each other forward and i don't think that that necessarily started in the noughties with that resurgence of skateboarding i think it started in the 80s and the 70s and tony hawk and rodney millen were leaders in that community as it as it sort of came up and as it brought about this feel of of communal inclusivity inclusivity yeah exactly i think that's the other thing inclusivity and well the welcomingness of those communities you've said it and i felt it um whenever i've been around people that might consider themselves part of that community it's always felt like i am welcome yeah even though i'm not necessarily i'm a lot straighter than they might be do you know what i mean yeah. whether i want to be or not unfortunately it's just my nature yeah. yeah did you ever dabble then or not i've been on a skateboard but i fell off it right okay so yeah tony hawk would have been tony hawk's pro skater would have been as close as i got to it because i was just not capable living the thrills and spills of the skateboard all of that, all of that, I, all of the things that I said, feel kind of undercut by this other thing that was going on when we were teenagers, which is like the jackass thing, because yeah. that was very much tied in yes. with this. And I think there was this weird undercurrent of machismo, and I'd like to say anarchy, but I think it's adolescence more than anything mm-hmm. that I think undermined the general, you know spirit community of community yeah yeah i, I was never in jackass at all i was no. very even as a teenager i found it very puerile yeah <laughs> we sound we sound like old men um, but that didn't necessarily exist in a major way in tony hawks one two three were you into jackass at all i tried 
Because the people, it. genuinely, yeah. The, Had a little dabble. The people that I was in friendship groups with were into it. And so people, I tried. Still, people like, you know, in their mid 30s, still like really into it. I just, I don't, don't understand. They released a film recently, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's forever. Right. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, and yes, we did sound very old then. <laughs> I, I leaned into it because, you know, Fair why not? Um, so this was a bit of a sea change. This or the. Uh, Tony Hawk's 3 came out at a bit of a change of the guard in a number of ways and was, for the series, a bit of a point of change. Got it right. Yeah. Because this released at the turning of a new generation, the, the moving moving into a new generation. I played this on the PlayStation 2. Oh, you mean a new generation of consoles? I meant a new generation of... Yeah, it's not a new generation of people. Right, okay. Although it probably did that too. Yeah, possibly. But... A new gen- a new console generation. So this was actually the last game to release in North America on the Nintendo 64. Interesting fact. Yeah, it wasn't here. We had Aiden Chronicles, which I genuinely remember. It's an RPG. Um, I genuinely remember salivating over Aiden Chronicles. Aiden. Really wanted it. Aiden. A-I-D-Y-N. Aiden. Sounds like a name. It is, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. I think it's the name of a character. But I really wanted it. There weren't that many RPGs on the Nintendo 64. I had a Nintendo 64. Um, I, you know, PlayStation over there was doing its RPG thing, and there was just a, a load of them, and I loved them. But um, we didn't have very many on the N64, so I really, really wanted Aiden Chronicles when that came out. Um, didn't get it, probably for the for the best, because I believe it's not very good. Uh, that was our that was the swan song of the N64 in uh, Europe and the UK. Um, in Japan, it was Bomberman 64, which I found okay. weird because I thought Bomberman 64 came out way earlier than that. Here. No idea. No. That, would, that is strange if that's the case. But in the US, certainly in North America, it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. So for a lot of people, the, the swan song, the, the goodbye serenade of the Nintendo 64 would, would have been this. The kiss of death. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, it certainly wasn't this that led the death knell, uh, that sounded the death knell for the console, unfortunately, uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing you got this game, just to my timeline of this, I'm guessing you got this game in uh, Christmas 2001. I can't remember. I, I can't remember if it was 2001 or two that I got a PlayStation. I don't remember where the place, when the PlayStation came out, but I don't think that I got it like early. I think I, I got mine um, late 2002. Um, when it would be out a while, so it must come out 2001 in this country. I reckon that my, I reckon I got it in 2002, and therefore I was, uh, I got this game a year after it came out, okay. um, which benefits me because it was probably a lot cheaper. Yeah, um, and that's that's where I like to do things. Then. Absolutely, um, it's now. Yeah, and now to some to to a large extent, if I can. Uh, this was also the first game. So changing of the guard. This was also the first game to support online play on the PlayStation Two. Okay, which cool. is a feature that didn't get used very much, right? But you know, you had to buy uh, an external modem. Modem. Yeah, I. After you said that, I kind of thought mm, I didn't know that PlayStation Two did online, but then I must have so I remember the modem. I don't remember many games or any games supporting it though. Not very many games did. Right, that'd be why. It was a really terrible um, service, Good. as far as I understand. Uh, it did have a little compartment on the back of the PlayStation Two that you took the cover off, and then that, the modem went in there. Right. I anecdotally have heard that that was used by millions uh to store drugs also pop your little drugs in there and nice and hidden away isn't it? just saying culture 
Skater culture. Yeah, skate, skate culture. Yeah. Way. Drugs in your PlayStation. It's better, but there are worse places to keep them, aren't there? Yep. Yeah. Anything old doobie while playing on the PlayStation. All right, you're sounding old again. Come on. Um, in terms of what this did for the series, it and it added something called a revert. So you were saying about, oh, you find it really hard to um, string things together and press the right buttons and the right combos and all that. Well, there will be. I, again, I will do. I'll do you a little like cheat sheet for that. Yes, during the half time. Um, but the revert helps a hell of a lot because you, a revert is a little move that you do just as you're coming to the bottom of falling on uh, back to the ground. You press the R1 button or R2. We'll find out. Um, you press that and it does a little spin and then allows you to combine that with a, a manual on the ground and. And it's a way to keep your combos going. Okay. And you can rack up loads and loads of points just using this revert. So it's a way to, yes, you might be cocking up, but you can incorporate it into getting some sweet, sweet points. You're not cocking up. Oh. It's part of doing things correctly. Oh, sorry, in my head, I thought you meant like falling off the board. No, okay, so when, you're, when you've gone up a half pipe, didn't you spin in the air? He knows all the words. Down, coming down, press your R1. Yeah. Points. Revert. Ding, 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 ding. Times four. Into a manual, back up a half pipe, spinny spin spin, down, revert, manual, half pipe, round, 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 down, revert. Listen to him, guys. Times 20. Yeah. Times a billion, as, as far as you want to take it. Kin him up. There's also a really easy way to wrap up points using manuals, so I'll show you that as well. Okay. Um, so, those, we'll those, you... so those sort of things have been added to make it more accessible? Maybe, or, or to push it to new heights. So, like the. Ability to rack up points is a big part of arcade games, and this mm-hmm. is no exception. So if you can, if you add the revert, it might take players like me because I wasn't amazing at it, but I could get a million on one and two. Where at my at my in my heyday, uh, on three I could probably get ten right. million or more. Cool. Um, in two minutes. So the number go big. Yeah, it did yeah. a lot for that. That's always a good thing. Lo- love number go big. Did the levels have the uh, was it H A W K S that were hidden in the one we played before? Skate, skate. You had an A in it. Does it have those in it? I knew it had an A. <laughs> and they could mean all the words and an S, I guess. Tony Hawks. Anyway, his name's Hawk. Oh yeah, I, okay. I always, I always the slip r- up on that. Round Island with the fridge guy is Hawks. Yes, he is. Yeah. So that was another thing that I thought about getting you for a present. Like, yeah. He's got books. Got more. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't. Stuff that I didn't. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, Tony Hawk's, is he on just a minute or uh, something like that in he as well? One of them Hawks guys. Sometimes. Um, very British thing, that I think, though. Um, this was also, in terms of changing of the guard and changes that uh, went forward in the in the series, this is the last game to work the way that they always worked from one to, to three, where you get a list of uh, criteria to fulfil in each level. So. You might have, I think it's 10 or 12 objectives and they're level-based and you will um, be able to achieve those as you see fit. Tony Hawk's 4 onwards became a mission-based system and you would go into these quite large sandbox yes, levels. Yes, I remember that coming out. That'd be a big um, like buzz around that, the, the mm. sandbox you go around to explore. Yes. Yeah, and so you don't you go into these levels and you don't have a timer. Always in Tony Hawk's 1, 2 and 3, you will have a two-minute timer and you will have to fulfill as much of it as you can in that two minutes, and then you'll have to repeat 
to do the other ones or yeah. repeat to do the other ones. In Tony Hawk's 4, you get dropped into these um, big sandbox levels. You go around, you see a person with a little thing above their head, and you go talk to them. They give you an objective, and you go and try and do that objective. Tony Hawk's 4 is actually one of my favorite Tony Hawk's games. So I don't know whether it's to do with the with, with that change or whether it's the level design or what. I'm really not sure. But it is very good, and whatever they did do in that worked. Whereas this, this one is, is in that previous mold of it's absolutely two, two minute yeah. tight level do your objective as many as you can if you don't replay it until you do yeah yep i actually do really like the levels in tony hawk tony hawks 3 i think that they're just big enough to allow you a lot of variation when you're trying to like when you find different places mm. to do your tricks um and there's there's a a decent level of verticality to them as well. So there's one in particular that I'm thinking of where there's lots of different routes. There's a big skate parky bit in the middle, but then there's also these like tree housey type uh, runs that you can, if you if you time a jump right, you can get on top of the and into the trees and go through okay. the trees. So I quite like that. Um, I think they were quite, um, I think they were quite explorey. And you know as much as I, you know one thing about me is that I like to explore stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there was a good balance struck between the demands of the old system and the desires of the players and the developers to sort of push in new directions and have this explorational yeah. sandboxy element to it. Which were quite big in the early noughties with they were. GTA 3 was 2001. Yes, it was, yeah. So... I'm guessing it's kind of followed in, in the wake of style. I had a PlayStation 2 version, so I didn't benefit from this, but the Xbox version of Tony Hawk's 3 had different stuff in it. You can play as a skeleton, which is always good, isn't it? Right. Uh, and there was also an entire level, which was an oil rig. Why? Why? Whole level. Why were they added to the Xbox version but not the PlayStation? What, to what? sell it, I guess. How bizarre. The I same mean... as we get exclusive content on platforms now i guess they probably so, paid yeah. they probably paid uh, microsoft probably paid activision yeah. can you give us something that will help us sell this console and they gave them a skeleton they gave them a skeleton and a whole level that level then later turned up in an in another um tony hawks game down the line okay can't remember which one but it did oh it was american wasteland which i hated <laughs> great so there you go um, that's about all I want to tell you about Tony Hawks. I've I've been going on longer than I expected to. I was hoping this was going to be a tight twenty minutes. No, sir. I've I've really meandered through that, haven't I? Right. Apologies. I'm again not going to try and convince you Hooray! about this. However, I am very interested in what you don't like about it. So focus on that. All right. When you're playing it, I'm going to try and be really open-minded as well. Are you really? I am. I don't care. It's if Christmas. You are. I'm going to try and like I, it. I, if you want to gripe. No. And groan and grumble, all the gris. No one likes that. Grizzle, grr, <laughs> just grr around. Right. Growl, yeah. If you want to do that, then feel free. We can have twenty minutes after this of you grizzling, groaning, groaning. There you go. That was a new one. Grunting. See you in a minute. Bunga, dude. Oh, God. That's not even...
That's not even related. Here it is. Not... How? Bart had a skateboard. Bart had a skateboard. And, right. And that's what the skaters said in the early 90s. Calabunga. Okay. I can I, I get it. It's There's a link. Yeah. There's a method to the madness. Yeah. Madness is... <laughs> emphasis on. <laughs> yeah. How was that? Yeah. I got better, didn't I? You did get better. Yeah. You improved. Yeah. Through some tuition and some patience. Small amount. Yeah. It's quite a bit of tuition. Was it? I think so. Oh, okay. Did you enjoy it? Um, enjoy might be a strong word. Okay. I mean, take a line, please. I don't have any feelings about it. Like, it's wow. just, it's, I, I don't, I don't like it. There you go. Thank you. There go. I don't like it. You're outrageous. Why don't you like it, Chris? God. It's just, it's just not for me. Like, I can appreciate... Like, don't don't you, use such strong language. We're a family podcast. <laughs> like, you're obviously very good at it, and obviously like it. I'm not I'm not very good at well, it. You're in the a lot better than me. Grand scheme of things. And it's just, I just don't have the... Like, like it was It was nice getting better at it, and it was quite rewarding, the build-up of skill that I was having by yeah. holding down X and then pressing square and circle at the top and all that. But I just, I just find it quite repetitive and boring. Okay. In in saying it's quite repetitive and boring, are you saying that you don't like games where you have to do the same thing again? I can see where you're going with this. And I disagree. <laughs> disagree with what exactly, Chris? <laughs> you angling at solitaire. Oh, no, I, I wasn't even going to go. That just seemed too easy. Oh. You know, I know that we were having a conversation earlier about maybe um, joining together one evening to play a certain racing game that I imagine you've played a variant of on and off for the last 20 years. America. That generally does the same thing over and over again on different shaped courses. Mario Kart, there's... I guess there's less skills to Mario Kart than there is this, perhaps. I'm not saying that you're wrong to dislike it. And this is your Christmas present, remember? I'm trying to grab... I'm trying to pull the, the gristle of your gripes out of you. Grim. Um, but... I'm not saying you're wrong to dislike it. I just, I kind of feel like you've put your finger on a thing. I'm not sure that that's the thing that you dislike about it because there are other games that you do very much like where repetition is the key. I still find it, I've just done my notes here, that I still find it too button mashy. Like, I, you were teaching. You said the opposite. What? You said that you wanted it to be more button mashy. It's. Like, you hold down X, and like you are showing me, you hold down X, and you press square at the same time, then you let go, and you press circle instantly, but all the time you're holding down R1. Like, so it's not button mashy, all right. It's just, there's, there's a combo lot. There's a combo, that's the word. Yeah. There's a lot going on that I just can't, I can't get my head around it. Okay. Fine, that's fine. Yep. And that's, and because I don't like that, that's the main thrust of the game. Like, the thrust of the game, I think, is good. Mm. You've got, there's a, nine levels, and you have to unlock a series of objectives in, well, you unlock a series of objectives, and you have to complete a series of objectives in each level in order to progress to the next one. So the first one, the Foundry, has nine objectives. You have to complete three of them to get to the next level, and you go on, move through a game like that. And I think that's really good, really tight, like, really, really good structure. But... To unlock all the objectives, you have to have a lot of patience in sort of understanding how to chain these combos together. And I just don't think I have the patience to to do that. In a lot of ways, this uh, this game and series harks back to old school gaming in so much as in order to 
get the most out of it, you have to put time in to learn the levels. Invest. Yeah. Yeah. So I can do multiple objectives in one run, yeah. one two-minute run, but that's because I've spent time finding out where the pumpkins are on Suburbia or um, knowing how to knock the foreman in in Hangar, although I had forgotten that yeah. uh, today. So fun. Yeah, and I get where you're coming from in terms of you just don't have the interest in putting in the time to learn those things and to find your way around the levels. Um, you have previously had a tendency to use the word zen to describe some um, gaming situations. And I think that the thing that you're getting at when you use that word is what I get from this. So this is a Sunday afternoon game, if you like. Mindlessness, for want of a better word. Not not so much mindlessness, but something that's not demanding too much yeah. of you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, like the way that you tailor your language to suit your needs. <laughs> and you... To suit your goals here. So you I want know. to undermine and, and downplay the the quality of this. If if this was a game you liked, you'd have said Zen. I no. knew that word and you still went, sorry, you mean mindlessness. That's I what knew, you mean, isn't it? You knew the word mindlessness was wrong, as I was saying here, but I can't think of quite what the word is. It's it's almost like well, I'm gonna say checking your brain out of the door at the door as you start up, but again, that's the wrong phrase as well. There is a level of there is a level of that. Uh, it's it's the Eastenders of. <laughs> it's, it's not. East it's not the Eastenders. There's there's a good deal of skill, I think, in the game, but the skill is at least where I play it. The skill is not deep. I have set routines that I was trying to show you as to how I tackled getting high scores. Oh, is that muscle memory? Like yes. you know, yes. that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Yeah, so there's a level of muscle memory that comes into play, and. Um, I don't have to think about, oh, am I going to do this cannonball or am I going to do this other whatever, melon? I'm not necessarily thinking about what they're called or even what they look like. I'm thinking about how they land mm. and and how they fly through the air and whether this one will, um, or whether I'll have enough time to do this one alongside this one. And then um, you sort of enter almost like a few state where you just kind of like, I do this, I do this, I do this. Yeah. And you were netting that. My, my first run. I was getting, I got a thousand points, I scraped a thousand mm. points barely. But then by the end, I was getting, so like late 20s or so. Yeah, you, like, there were a couple of runs where you got into the 20,000. Yeah, so. and, that was, and that was good. But then your, as I said, Fugue State, your first go, you got like 45,000 points or something. Which I was know, an absolute well. joy to behold. Are you, are you downplaying that for 5,000? I, yeah, I'd normally wow. be able to do better than that, but I'm way out of practice. So I could get million scores in this but when I was good at it. Oh. Yeah, and then I'm not even that good at it. Yes. <laughs> so there's people that would absolutely cane me. Interesting to see how, like, kind of like on YouTube, the videos are kind of oh, like, to see how many millions you can get. We probably should have had a look. Would you like to have yeah. a pause moment and have a look now? Let's have a look at the end. I'll, make, I'll do, do some jotting. But then we could talk about it. Oh, yeah, I should do a little pause. Pausing. We just watched a video on YouTube, which was an absolute delight to watch. Someone doing the foundry level, the first level, and it racked up over 30 million points, which was amazing. Mm. Absolute poetry in motion. I've given you this game as an opportunity to let you vent, to let you rail. And all you can do is look positively on it. It's it's one of those things where like, I enjoy... It's not something I would do, but I can appreciate the craft and skill that goes into someone right. doing something. Okay. It's like... um. 
I went through a real phase, I think I've said about this very recently, of uh, watching uh, free running videos on YouTube. I could just watch them. For, Have you? For, yeah, not, not even when we say recent, like in the last decade or so. Right. And, you know, I would never, ever be able to do anything like that. But just to see people doing it, I think is just a, a joy to behold. And, and this falls into that camp, but just so I can appreciate the skill. The spirit of human endeavour. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what you appreciate about Tony Hawk's game is the spirit of human endeavour. Right. Cool. Good. I suppose that's nice. Yeah. You've got a list there. One of the things that I really did like about the game, which that video capitalised on, is that if you're in the middle of a combo and the timer runs out, that it gives you this window of gratification to finish off the combo. Gratification? Um, that may be the right word. I don't know. This, this gives you a window of uh, opportunity to finish off the combo rather than just okay time has run out that's it cut you off it lets you finish off and then the Chris. person in this video yeah and then the person in this video capitalized on that by sort of carry on carry on carry on and was able to rocket loads of points with that i think that's a really smart gameplay choice because if you're in the middle of something you want to get those points from to, to have that taken away from you would be a bit cruel so i think that the game is a good example of gratification actually and I think it's also an example of wish fulfillment and um, those two things together. One of the, it seems, I don't know this, I haven't, I haven't been able to find anything from the developers, but one of the things that it feels like is that those two things sort of led the development. They were looking to please people with this game. And I don't even necessarily think it is something, I am not a skater. And yet it appeals to me. Mm -hmm. it, it crosses the boundaries of niche fandom that you'd expect it to have, have appealed to uh, into some some other realm. And it, it's, a, it's a very, very popular game. This is very... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, so it may be surprising me to you, is often found in top games of all time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that is a surprise. Tony Hawk's 2 and Tony Hawk's 3 um, very often find their ways into... The greatest games of all time. Left. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't get on board with that. Well, you put solitaire in there, so um... possibly one of the things the game does, which I think is a good crossover between that phantom and casual uh, player, is that the music. The music really. It, it's it's the early noughties in a nutshell. You've got those new metal bands alongside um, like some of the top forty rap or hip hop that you, that were around about at that time, and it's uh, it, it felt very. Took me back about 20 years just playing that and listening to the music. Yeah, it was definitely part of this zeitgeist um, of alternative mm. culture moving into the, more into the mainstream. We had a bit of a, we had a, an interesting picture in the noughties of, I keep using the word alternative because I can't think of the right word, but you know, like Blink-182 type stuff. And then there was Limp Bizkit, which would you consider Limp Bizkit new metal? I would, yeah. Yeah. I just can't I, I like metal in relation to Limp Bizkit seems wrong yeah but um I think that was their their title their their uh area wasn't it well that's when but, you had the rise of MTV2 which I used to watch yeah as, yeah as the, as the so like Deftones and Papero yeah some 41 and all that so there was a big sort of groundswell of um interest in that kind of alternative area of music yeah and um Tony Hawk games I think were a big part of that. Certainly from mm. my point of view, anyway. I guess they it were an entryway catapult those bands much more mainstream. And obviously, games done that for a long time. They still do it nowadays, but yeah. it's, it's a way to gain a much bigger audience straight away. While also for Tony Hawk's as a franchise, 
giving it the the, the credence and credibility that it's it's showing showcasing these bands. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, by Tony Hawk's it three times, I think the idea of appearing in a Tony Hawk game would have been very appealing oh, to the band. Badger Barnett would um, Yeah. Tony Hawk one and two was still sort of on the bear on the threshold of of like breaking through yeah. in a sense. So the the bands that actually appeared on there, I don't think that they would have been looking at it as a oh this is a massive opportunity for us or anything. One of the sort of essential songs of the noughties, and actually one of the reasons I think it was that was because it was on Tony Hawk's mm. soundtrack, is Superman. Yeah, Goldfinger. Um, that song was everywhere as far as I, uh, as far as where I was, um, Superman was everywhere, and um, that was off the back of the game doing so well. And I, as I say, I think that it led more people to that kind of music than would have made their way there if if those games hadn't existed, if yeah. these games hadn't existed. And it's one of the things that I appreciated. I said about it being a Sunday afternoon game. I know that you've talked about, I mean, you actually talked about it in Solitaire um, to some extent. You you were downloading music, and that kind of was the first and foremost. I was possibly downloading music. No, you absolutely 100% said no. you were downloading rare treasures. No, or that's, it wasn't something cool. Right, okay. You were doing whatever you were doing on the internet, which was enjoying music in one form or another. Sure. Yeah. And that was actually, as far as I can, as far as I gathered, I sort of took that as your primary goal was to enjoy music. And in order to enjoy that music, that in the downtime between being able to enjoy that music, you were playing solitaire as a as a mind filler. Yeah, well, I've, I've never really been someone to, as someone who really like, enjoys music, I don't just sit and listen to music, just sat. I don't sit listening to it. I find that a bit odd, personally. Um, okay, let's not cast aspersions at people <laughs> unnecessarily. God. Hey, you, you like music that much? No, thank you. I, I, like, out. I like to have something else to do at the same time. And, that was, and Solitaire was the way to do that. And what you're saying is people would list access to music in Tony Hawk's games as while also playing the game. Like It's it's the music kind of... The music was a big it. part of it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that's what I'm getting at, really. I enjoyed these games just as much, being able to listen to the music and occupy my yeah. hands at the same time. And the two things just went together so, so well that there was huge appeal there for me. I am a bit funny, um, as you probably gather, but in a very specific way in this case. Because I know that lots of people used to like playing games and listening to music. Yep. And I'd have loved to do that. But there's a bit of me that was worried that I would be missing out on something that the game was offering sound-wise. Well, this is why so I couldn't bring myself to do it. I think we talked in, in the previous Tony Hawk's episode, this is a game that I played when I brought off, I think, Tony Hawk's 2. Mm. I brought off with friends and I played it on mute while listening to oh. albums. <laughs> yeah. But just to go back as well, would you sit and listen to music and like, just just do nothing but listen to music? At a point, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd be more inclined to be in my bedroom and listen to music. And that's the thing you're doing is listening. Yeah, it would wow. depend. It would depend though, and it would happen very rarely. Like the mo- most of the time, I listen to music in the car. Yes. So I'm driving. Yeah. And the main thing that I'm supposed to be doing is driving, and therefore my focus is on that. But it is also where I primarily try out new albums or whatever, you know, like I, I'm putting them on with a purpose. Yeah. So I do, th- and and there are other things I could do. I could listen to audiobooks or I could listen to the radio if I wasn't that bothered, but I'm making a, an active choice. And certainly 
I remember being I remember being about eleven and going to Astor's in Lincoln and buying two albums. I'm going to tell you what they were because they do actually fit into this because one of them was Dr. Dre, The Chronic, 2001. Of course it was. And the other one was Wheatus. I can't remember what the album was called. It might have been called Wheatus, but it was the one with Teenage Dirt. It had a checkerboard front cover. Yeah, it did. So I bought those... So I bought those two albums. I think it was with birthday money or Christmas money or something. And I remember going back to my nana's house, sitting in her kitchen, because that's the only place she had a CD player that that wasn't occupied by other people, and listening to these two albums. And, and I just bought them. I was excited to listen to them. And I just sat and I listened to these albums. It's counterculture in a nutshell there, buying Dr. Brown Beaters from Asda. And, and listening to my nana's. Brown's kitchen. <laughs> my nana's kitchen. Yeah. I must have had headphones on, because I wouldn't have dared play Dr. Dre if I didn't. I also remember, quite vividly, the choice was D12, their album, yeah. or Wheatus. Purple Hills. And I bought Wheatus and regretted my decision. <laughs> yeah. And now telling this story as a 34-year-old, regretting the choice. Like, I, actually, the choice, the dichotomy between those two albums, <laughs> to me, is absolutely absurd. I believe that was the choice that I was giving myself. Like, look, you, you, you can get one of them, but you can't have both. I'd have, I would have chosen neither in <laughs> these days. We all have regrets, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. Tony Hawk's isn't. Uh, last thing I realised about the game was the, uh, the stats. The um, As you go through the levels, there are these floating ovals that have the Tony Hawk's logo on, and they're your, your stat boost. And you once you finish the level, you can then choose where to equip them to, whether it's to speed or to ollie or to airtime. And obviously, getting those will then make you better at the game. But one thing that you can also do is, is the game automatically predetermines where the skills are distributed. But you can then take some off. So if you want to do a level a bit quicker or you want to, there's maybe something you need to do that requires you being in the air longer. You could unequip some of the stats from the other um, areas and then add it onto the air bit in order to try and make it easier to do that. And that level of customization and tailoring. I really liked. E- equally, just said the word customization, there are a lot of things you can do to make your skater look like yourself if you choose or someone else. And again, I think that's quite um, synonymous with PlayStation 2 era gaming as well. But I think that's it, it really impressed me as well. It is. And again, I feel like it is representative of, I, I think I started down this road and, and didn't quite get to the end of it. But there was a lot of smaller communities, uh, sub-communities in this, what I would term alternative movement, alternative wave of the early noughties. And um, certainly I think skate skater culture is a sub-community, possibly even a sub-community of a sub-community. Um, but one of the things that it does, and one of the things that I touched on in the first half, is that it was inclusive, or it was trying to be inclusive in lots of ways. Mostly, I know that's there were problems with the degrees of inclusivity that it may be broadly adopted, but for the most part, it was trying to bring people in and together and make people feel welcomed. I think the degree of customizability in a Tony Hawk game on the PlayStation 2 is a reflection of that. It's an attempt to give you the tools to be who you want to be mm-hmm. in the game as well as outside of it, mm. and um the that's a good message that's yeah, a nice message that's a good message to try and convey um and one that i don't necessarily think is given its due and that's it that's everything there is to say i think 
well, I'm sure there's plenty more to say. There is actually plenty more to say. I've got two more things to say. Okay, go on. Uh, Darth Maul, for for what it's worth, Darth Maul was the uh, was a secret unlockable character in this game. Yes, you knew that. Yeah, that's triggered a distant memory. Yeah, I did know that. Okay, that's a strange yeah. thing to have. I don't know if they were coming off the back of. I, I think it was a couple of years actually after the Phantom Menace was ninety nine. Yeah, so, so a couple of years. Also, would. Lucas Arts. I mean, they would have the Lucas film. They would have been. They wouldn't have been owned by Disney at this point. Nope. So, what was the kind of the the licensing with that? I seems like a wish I knew, very... but I didn't think to look into it, Chris. Some surprisingly, the licensing behind the game. It just seems like a really odd thing to have in. It also, was an, a lock item. Incidentally, I think this, and I didn't check this up, but I think this is one of the first games that had um advertising billboards for companies so. yeah i noticed in the one we were the snowy balance well it was uh, nokia because it was the nokia phones. yeah oh, oh yeah that again it was the the big blue with the da-da-da, da-da-da, was it? Ones. Right. yeah i thought that that's again is the early noughties right there yes yeah so this is one of the first games that sort of included that kind of yeah. okay advertising it always had for obvious reasons it always had um skateboarding brands but the this is the first one i think that stepped outside skateboarding brands and actually had paid advertising right in the game so a mm, bit sketchy mm. uh the last thing and the unfortunate thing as far as i'm concerned Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2, or 1 and 2, depending on how you want to say it, made by Vicarious Visions a couple of years ago, a return to form for the series. It was a very well-made um, remaster of the first two games. Um, was supposed to be leading to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 plus 4, or 3 and 4, Vicarious Visions, and this is a complete repeat of what happened with uh, Toys for Bob in Spyro. Right. Vicarious Visions were rolled into um, Blizzard. Right. So they had quite a major success with, as far as uh, I think anyone would be con- uh, would consider it, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2 was a success. It was very highly praised and very much appreciated by the people that had been clamouring for a Tony Hawk's game for ever but it still wasn't enough for them to make three. yes and oh, this is the problem very strange of, this is like, the what's the what does it take it's does it sell well yeah did it review well yeah do fans like it yeah so what more do they need exactly vicarious visions were in the process of developing three plus four oh really they were in they were in the middle of it and around it might have even been in the same movement in the same movement business movement um the same sort of time as Toys for Bob were rolled into the Call of Duty effort, yeah. Vicarious Visions were rolled into the Blizzard effort. Um, and it was an absolute travesty because they did everything right. They couldn't have done anything better than they did. They should have been able to pursue three and four, get that out the door. And then assuming that that did just as well as I expect it would have, they should have been offered the opportunity to make something fresh, fresh in the uh, Tony Hawk's franchise. But it's not going to happen because they don't exist in any real way anymore in the same way that Toys for Bob ceased to exist. Mm. Um, so does that mean presumably there won't be a remaster, remake of 3 and 4 and there's, yeah. no, there's no more Tony Hawk games? It seems that way, yeah. It's so very much in limbo. The whole franchise just gone. Yeah, just gone. Yeah, yeah. And That's that is the nature and the unfortunate side of large entities like Activision where the primary goal i mean the primary goal of any business is to make money but but businesses that have an artistic interest 
who make their money from these things. It's almost like money they, is a nice bonus. Like they're, they're making they, their art. It's not a nice bonus. Let's not kid ourselves that you know Nintendo likes having the oh, money yeah. that it has. Or, I was, I was or, thinking you know, more like indie developers where they're making games. Indie developers are a whole different kettle of fish. But when you get to be an Activision and you have your sole interest seems to be the business side of the industry you make stupid decisions you rationalize the business by getting rid of things that are loved and applauded and you don't pursue things that could have led to so, something so much bigger so much better for you a revival of a, of a classic franchise would have been just the ticket really for them and uh, and on top of that can you imagine how vicarious visions having put all of their effort into these things, being halfway through putting all of the effort in again, yeah. thinking this could lead somewhere, this could lead somewhere big and good for us. For them, for those people, putting all that effort in to then be rolled into a sausage factory, it, it to me, is just all the worst parts of, of the actual industry side of this hobby. I think the words you say that industry and business is what it boils down to, isn't it, sadly? For some more than others, and yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Activision are too big to... Activision too big. That's it. They've got their sights very firmly focused on anything that is a major seller. If it's not Call of Duty, if it's not Call of Duty or World of Warcraft size, then it's too small, and it needs to be gotten rid of. Whereas Spyro, you know, they should have they should have pursued that. It would yeah. be great. And Terry Hawks should have been pursued. It's a shame. You don't care, though, because you hate it. Just end with some passion. Come on, get it out. For Christmas, for Christmas's sake, do a big old swear about Tony Hawks. Botheration. Thank, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a grand effort. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. Impressive. I liked how your jowls did a little. <laughs> That's the one. I was being uh, uh, the Brian Blessed character from... Episode one, Bosnas, is it? The leader of the Gungans? I have no idea. I'm not there. Okay, cool. Is whatever whatever does it for you, Bosnas. Brian, Bosnas, blessed. Yeah. Cool. Lots of great. Well, happy Christmas. Yes, happy Christmas to you. Next week will be our... Christmas party. Christmas office Christmas episode. party, isn't it? Office, I can't remember the order these go out in. Office yep. Christmas party. And it's gonna, is it going to land Christmas Day? Uh, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that'd be nice. uh, it can go out on Christmas Day. Actual Christmas present from from us to you, the listener. Yeah, get it listened to while you make your turkey in that, or not roast. Yeah, if you're not into turkey. Yeah, or beef if you're not into turkey or not roast or, or anything. Plate of vegetables. I don't know. Listen to <laughs> what you want. Listen to it in the summer. We don't care. Stop trying to stop trying to please us. We don't care what you eat. Just eat what you want to eat. Thank you for listening and have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs>